Welcome to You and Me, the podcast where we celebrate friendship. I'm your host, Camille Gallus, and this is Nate Olison. What's up? How y'all doing? And Kevin Kern. Hey. So I taped the majority of the season of You and Me in Chicago right after I had moved there, and I didn't know anyone. I met Nate and Kevin through a classmate of mine, and I'm so thankful she connected us. People often describe Chicago as a city of neighborhoods or communities, and you definitely get a sense of community in Kevin and Nate's friendship. When I spoke to Nate on the phone about it, he described them as the run the jewels of poetry, and that totally fits. And if anyone's unfamiliar with RTJ, I would recommend listening to their excellent album, Run the Jewels Too. Just like the rap group, you can totally imagine Nate and Kevin driving around, fighting evil, and defending the people they love. They even brought some family members along to the recording session. Bienvenidos, familia. Thank you for being here. <laughs> we have <Yeah>. this. <laughs> Kevin and Nate are artists, gaming enthusiasts, and best friends. But I'll let them introduce themselves. And before we get started, we talk about some heavy stuff at the end of this episode, including depression and suicidal ideation. Just a heads up. This is Kevin. Um, he is a like an amazing musician, for starters. Uh, not that I was thinking anymore, but definitely when I met him, that was one of the main things that he was into, uh, what caught my attention about him. He's also the most loyal person you could ever meet in your life. Uh, super funny dude. Uh, mad skinny. He's super skinny. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? He's a beast Tekken player. Um, but he's What's that? Tekken? Oh, oh. Yeah. We're going to talk about oh. Tekken. Oh. We're going to save that for the... Yeah. That's that's a big part of our, our life, our friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just a, just like a really good dude. I've known him since I was like 18 or 19. Wow. So it's been like 12 years. My roommate for... I don't know, like six of those years or something like that. It's been ridiculous. But yeah, that's my that's my dude. Um, this is Nate. Uh, <laughs> Nate is my best friend. Oh, uh, he's super tight. He's like one of the best writers I've ever met, uh, in my life. Um, he's working on being a dope ass comic book artist, uh, slash writer. Um, he's really involved with like, uh, social justice, uh, Thanks. Does stuff like that. He's a beast ass capoeista. He did flips in a park once and fell, and I video Wait, recorded it, and what? it's hilarious. <laughs> I did not fall. That's uh, <laughs> um, Stuck the landing. He's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's like the, the most patient guy I know. Uh, for real. For mm. real, the most patient guy I know. Yeah. Okay, so what's like a word or a phrase you would use to describe your friendship? A word or a phrase? Rare. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I feel that. I feel yeah. it's rare. Tell me, tell me why. Um, I don't. I I I feel like I I I have other friends, mm-hmm. right? And they're great, and I love them. <laughs> but there's like a difference with our friendship, and I think it's yeah. I mean, like even friends that I've like known for longer, mm-hmm. I don't think <clears throat> have as strong of a connection i th- I feel like we kind of like always agree on most of like the important things and we're kind of all over the place yeah it's, in those topics <laughs> i think it's crazy that this dude has my exact hobbies given that my hobbies are like ridiculously disparate right and he's like with me on everything uh-huh. like that's really crazy and then um yeah i think rare works as well just because 
similarly, like I have a ton of uh, really close, like cherished friendships I cherish. Uh-huh. I'm not really that close with my family. So like friendship is a big part mm-hmm. of my life. But I just think that he's somebody who's just like been there too. Like yeah. just like seen a lot. Like there's only so much that you can empathize with from a distance like mm-hmm. versus like actually having like lived through and shared experiences with so um it wasn't anything like we we're like war buddies or anything like that right it's nothing crazy like that but at the same time uh it's just like my entire like uh growing into who i am today like mm-hmm. he was shared every step of the way with me and out of all of my friends who i met like i met kev probably like in my first month of living in chicago wow, and really? yeah like and probably like all of my core friends that same time, like in, in about that same month, but none of them have been through like what we've been through together. Yeah. Like they've all like, either bounced or done other stuff or like mm-hmm. did some, stu- oh, can, we don't cuss on this podcast, yeah, correct? Yeah, you can cuss. Oh, some cuss. of them did some fuck shit <laughs> and then they're not my friend anymore. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's I, so I, I really think it's like, it feels permanent, basically. Mm, and yeah. everything else seems transient. So I really liked how you said, like, there's only so much you can emphasize with from a distance. And you guys have gotten really close because you lived together for a long time, right? Can we talk about that a little bit more? How'd that come to be? I don't know. We just sort of like, oh, we need roommates. And it was just it's yeah. like the same stuff that happens with everybody, you know, in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to, it's Chicago, so you need a roommate. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, it just so happened that once we moved in together, we, I don't know, like, it was just like, we're just like super tight, like, I don't, I don't know yeah. what we were doing. I mean, we were we were cool. Like, we were friends. I think, like, when I was living in Rogers Park, I was, like, commuting to, like, hang out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, like, I hella was not going to school anymore. <laughs> no. um, and so I would just, like, go to Dwight to, like, hang out and, like, play Street Fighter. And Street Fighter <laughs> 4, 0-9ers. <laughs> yeah. And, in like, the building. watch the Lakers and... Uh, yeah. I was a great influence. Yeah. Street Fighter, the Lakers, <laughs> yeah. that's me. That's me. <laughs> that was all I had. <laughs> so I would like commute to hang out. And then, uh, yeah, after I think like you were like leaving the Dwight Lofts. Yeah. And then, we, uh, just, we got all of, so basically like everybody that I know got kicked out of that building because yeah. of like wild shit. Yeah. Doing a bunch of stupid <laughs> shit. So we were all disinvited okay. from leaving yeah. that space. Yeah. And then I need a new spot. And then <laughs> that's why I linked up with Kevin. Yeah. But before that, I think. When we met in the um, in the dorms at Columbia, yeah. what was cool about that was I so I saw him. He was doing it was poetry open mic, right? And he did some poem that I liked. I forget what poem. You had the little trucker hat on. Yeah, it was trash. Yeah, I mean, it, was. <laughs> it was hot garbage. But and I was like, oh man, that's raw. And I was like, yo, we should do we should do some poems together. <laughs> yeah, we some poems together. Yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, we like rented out one of those little music rooms in the school. You could like do stuff. Mm-hmm. And we you just started trying to like. Invent funny names for the for the band, quote unquote, and we didn't get a single thing done. <laughs> Yo, Kevin and Nate have lived in a lot of places together, but the spot I was most curious about was a DIY performance venue slash home that they built themselves. Okay, what about the Logan Square storefront? Oh, so oh. we called that the West Side School for the Desperate. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so basically we uh, so. Me and Kev were living in Logan Square at the time with my friend Antonio, mm-hmm. who's our, our, like our other best friend, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it was the three of us, and we were just like super broke and like <laughs> couldn't like do what we wanted to do. Like can relate. Uh, yeah. Like t- 
you needed to be 21 essentially to go to perform at any mm -hmm. venues in Chicago mm -hmm. at the time all the poetry stuff was in bars mm -hmm. and uh, we were just approaching that age where we would be able to go but there was still some time before that would happen and I was just like man we need to have our own shit we need to have our own venue so uh, we decided that we was going to rent out this storefront and then Kev built the stage I like to take credit for it but since we're <laughs> on the record Kev definitely <laughs> built the stage by himself final uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he built the stage, and um, there was, like, bedrooms that had to get put in the back, and they didn't have walls that went to the ceiling, yeah. and um, we just started an open mic, because I've been doing open mics already, probably, for the last, like, I probably was doing open mics maybe for, like, a year or two before we made the venue, Yeah, uh, and then we put it all together. I mean, what kind of stuff did you have in the storefront? Like, not just poetry, right? Oh, yeah, no, we had, like, jugglers, we had, um, <laughs> like, performance art, we had all kinds of... Yeah, it was. The performance art was weird. It was tight, though. Was, <laughs> At the time. <laughs> uh, we did uh, acro yoga was yep. in that. Square dances. Square, all the square dances, y'all, mm -hmm. with the banjos. and the, mm -hmm. uh, We would also cook dinner for all of the, oh, yeah. the oh. audience. So, like, we would... Because, we would, first of all, people don't show up on time. Not at all. So, yeah, well. so, I was like, look, if you don't show up on time, it's no more... Food for Yeah, you. it's no more food. Like, yeah. the, the spaghetti's gone, bro. I'm uh -huh. sorry. Yeah. Uh, and we yeah. had a bunch of friends that were, like, cooks. And like yeah. wine cooks, so we would like have like guest cooks Aww. come and like cook everyone meals, but you had to show up on time. That was like People that was our way to yeah. get everyone. Wow, yeah. Kevin, what do you remember about? Well, I just interrupted you, but what do you remember about this time when you were like building this? Like, how did you divvy up the work? How did you, do you think it was different because it was your friends? Like, I mean, how did that affect your friendship? Yeah, I mean, like Nate. <laughs> Nate advocated for me to be <laughs> in the shit in the first Aww. place. Because um, there was like, I don't know. They was not fucking with you, bro. No one. <laughs> there, the other people that we kind of started this yeah. whole thing with mm -hmm. didn't like me for they, feelings. They, they didn't have faith in your like work ethic or something. They liked you as a person. Something like that. I don't okay. know. But, and then... Nate was like, no, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. Let's just get Kev, like, on board. The The plan was for me to move into the storefront gotcha. with, the, with the other two people mm -hmm. who kind of didn't like me very much. Oh, no. And so I was, like, super apprehensive. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, Dawes ain't going to work. I've been living with him now for, mm -hmm. I don't know, five years at that point? Something. Something like that. Something yeah. a long time. And so I was like, I don't want to not live with you. You know, because I don't even. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it it, yeah. it, it worked out. You, that was interesting to hear you say. You like he advocated for you to be part of the space. Like, how did you? How have you two supported each other when stuff has gotten tough with the community, with other things? Like, how? What does that mean to like be advocating for each other in your friendship? I think we gotta just cut to the chase where Stephanie yeah. had called us. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Stephanie had called us. Yo. And we was at so our apart so our like satellite apartment was two blocks away okay. from the venue and we basically were like all cohabitating, like me and like, I don't know, ten of us probably mm. a little community. Wow. And um fucking Stephanie called us and said, Yo, Josh, now I like Josh. Josh is kind of problematic, you know, but mm. it was he was my project. I was working on him. It's a little little, little misogynistic. Josh you know? in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So he had but he had gotten uh, he was incarcerated formally and mm. he found our venue after he got returned, right? Okay. He got he got out, he found our poetry spot, had never mm. liked poetry before. 
tried to like move in and be part of the space. Yeah. But then he was sort of like kind of being a dick sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then we would like have to check him. But then like he wouldn't listen. Yeah. Anyway, Stephanie yeah. calls us up and is like, yo, Josh hit me. And, oh. and we like, oh, we got, Josh probably going to beat my ass. But we about to go get this ass whooping, right? Josh is going to beat the so, shit out of both of us. Oh, my for, God. Like, so he, I, was, he I, I was like, yo, we got to go run over here. So We got we, to. Yeah, so we ran over there. Literally uh, ran. But yeah, I got winded. I had to slow down. I was yep. like, we're not gonna have no energy left. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we um we uh we got there, and then she had lied about it, and, and she was just chilling oh. with a blunt, like laughing, like she thought it was so funny. Wow. Right. And um, I just, but like, it's not funny. It's not no. hella not funny. <laughs> right. Uh, Narrator, like, it was not funny. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the sort of type of stuff that like. Yeah. We always like would show like that kind of stuff is like a no brainer. It's not a question. Like right. if one of us need a place to stay or one of us need money, one of us like like it's just not a question. Like mm-hmm. it's not about like I mean there might be a question as to how we're gonna get what mm-hmm. that person needs, right. but there's not a question of that we will do whatever's on that list. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been like that since day one. So since Jump Street, yeah. Yeah. It seems like you two really have. Not only do you look out for yourselves, you look out for your community. Did you guys think of this venue like together? Like, how did this come to be? I think, I think it was between us two first. Yeah. Okay. And then we pulled in Stephanie and Jasmine, mm-hmm. I believe. But then, like, Stephanie and Jasmine had means. I wasn't a lease. You mm-hmm. were not. Right. And then we needed three people mm-hmm. to be on board mm-hmm. so we could actually work it out. So that's when you moved into that space. And mm-hmm. that's how that. And we have been going to like different like Five of Hearts Loft and stuff like that where there was like this other kind of like, you know, art Mm -hmm. space um, venue. And we we went to there and like we would kill it and we loved going there. That was fun. Um, And then that's kind of like when we were like, yo, we should do this, too. Yeah. What was it like to manage something like that as friends? You think it would have been different if you guys were like. We're business partners doing this. Or do you think, how do you, or was it better because you were friends and you were? Way better. Yeah. Talk, <laughs> say like, more on it. Speak on it. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, because it was like, it was very much like Nate and I were always on the same page. Always. Mm. No, like wow. there was, I don't think we've ever, when it comes to like that kind of stuff, mm. like running the the show and like taking care of people and like hosting, we were co-hosts. Mm-hmm. So like we would always you know, clean every, like, I don't know, everything that we decided, we were always on the same page. It was like convincing everyone else oh, to get, gotcha. <laughs> to get on board. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that's right. Like, um, it, it, when it's a community, it's just a little different in terms of the division of labor. I think mm-hmm. like you sort of just like show up and do, you know, what, whatever right yeah. and um there's not really like a keeping score or like a job list mm-hmm. and i will say that there were like it, it there are it's a possibility in retrospect that if we were like more formalized there would have been like a clearer division of work and we would have been more efficient like there are definitely mm-hmm. yeah. like we weren't like like i'm not the best at emails today like you <laughs> talk to anybody who works with me they get really mad at that but like i mean y'all see me on the group text i like, <laughs> did not answer uh, no uh, we did not see you on the group text yeah, <laughs> yeah. my bad uh, you know stressful so, <laughs> so so um so yeah like there were elements of it that we just sort of like naturally uh-huh. fell into place with so I, so I felt like um out of the four of us like 
Jasmine was a really big visionary, mm-hmm. and she also is the only Chicago native, and one oh. again, one of the best writers I've ever met mm-hmm. in my entire life, like a huge impact on my life. And so she had a lot of uh like in like insight as to like who we could get or like mm-hmm. how to navigate like other things. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. then I think that I, me and Kev, like where we come in is like we are, we're people people. Mm-hmm. So we were the out of the four of us, me and Kev were going to open mics like three times a week, four times a week. And just making like inroads with people who don't necessarily listen to poetry on a regular basis. Yeah. So a lot of our we were able to be ambassadors, I think. Oh, cool. And it was just like sort of like a natural progression. Uh-huh. And I think Stephanie's skill set was more from the aspect of she used to do like she used to make zines and she mm-hmm. was like like I didn't get into poetry until I was like eighteen or something like that. Like she was in poetry since as far as I've ever known her to talk about her life, she's been a poet. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she was doing like zines when she was in high school. So yeah. she had a lot of indie press experience uh-huh. and a lot of like uh uh so she was helping like book a lot of our acts. I feel like uh-huh. Stephanie and I sort of split the booking 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh and then yeah, and then we when she would do a lot of like emails and like she would have like big plans like um if touring artists would come through, like uh-huh. Stephanie was the touring person, basically. Wow. So you really had an operation going here. <laughs> That's I'm just so impressed. And this, did you make money from it ever? No. I mean, we broke even. We didn't make okay. money, but yeah. we would like break even because we would always like we, you know, one of our core like values was like pay our performers, right? Mm-hmm. At least like. At the at the, at the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which again, like because we're friends and we have the same views about money, <laughs> it's like that would not have worked. I don't think, like for well, it anyone, did, it didn't when Justin came through and, and stole, stole all the money. money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah wow. That's true. That was one of the people who was not a good friend. So that's what I think. Like that's the the. The downside of, you mm-hmm. know, so I think that, like, we were working as friends or whatever, but if we were more formalized, I feel like maybe we would have had more longevity in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, so you've been through some shit supporting the community, like any sort of community supporters, but do you have any, it doesn't have to be from the the, the West Side School for the Desperate. Wow. It doesn't yes. have to, yeah, it doesn't have to be from right. West Side School for the Desperate, but do you have any stories you remember of creating art together that... Was really joyful. I mean, I think every time I I've seen Nate perform or or read any of his stuff, it, it always brought me a lot of joy. I and also like when we first met, he was terrible at performing. Um, yeah, I facts, mean, like facts. He, no, it's he true. wasn't the it's worst. Uh, but like as our friendship kind of went through, I was a terrible writer, and mm. he was really good at writing, but like would miss notes like performing mm-hmm. and I was good at performing, but yeah. I was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. Um, and then like, you know, to see that kind of progression to see him kind of come into his own and, mm-hmm. and really like rock stages and, and all that, like that always brought me joy. I loved when he, when he tears stuff down and, and did all that. It was great. The, the time that I think was the most joyous was there was a show called The Gala, which uh, I don't remember exactly what, like from what year to what year it was. Uh-huh. But by the time that I started going to The Gala, that shit was fire. Like it was like like world-class talent for $5. And and like afterwards we would like all get tacos and like have jam uh-huh. sessions. And it was just like a really amazing space. I got to feature there. And that's when I invited Kevin out because I had this poem that I wrote for him. And I don't write poems for people at all. Like it's not a thing. I don't do that. Like, 
The only two times I've written a poem for somebody was my parents uh, for their anniversary, mm. which they were on the verge of a divorce and I didn't know it. Oh. And that was like super like emotional. And then the other one was for Kev. And I like the the title. I was just looking at my phone. It's on airplane mode though. But like the title, <laughs> <laughs> I would have pulled it up. <laughs> the title is so it's like six lines long, right? Uh-huh. And it's like just this instead yeah. of every other poem I should have written two or four Kevin Kern by now, <laughs> like blah 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 poetic shit, poetic shit, poetic yeah. shit. And then the the actual poem was like three lines, and it said. Hey, hey, yo, fuck you, stop beating me in Tekken with your scrubby scrub ass. <laughs> yeah. I will hop kick your heart out of your heart case if I have to lose every round to do it. Yeah. And that was a whole poem. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a beautiful poem. Uh, that was probably <laughs> the best poem ever. I love that poem. Uh, but I think that, honestly, like like he said, like art making wasn't really where we bonded. I think that we really did bond over gaming, though. Like, yeah. yeah we, like, we played, like, we played... We've played a lot of video games together. How yeah. does your friendship like manifest through gaming? I don't know much about that culture. What's it like? Tell me about that. Uh, so Tekken is a fighting game similar to Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, except for all of the characters. Well, I'm not going to say all, but the lion's share of the characters use actual martial arts that are, exist in the real world. Oh, cool. So not just like made up. Yeah, and stuff it's not like, that. like yeah. dragons and fireballs and yeah. shit. Like uh-huh. it's like actual, mm-hmm. like actual like martial arts. And I'm a huge martial arts fan, so that's uh-huh. where I, I saw Capoeira for the first time. Cool. Afro Brazilian martial art uh, that I still practice, although I need to get back at it. Uh, but that was sort of like, oh, I didn't know that black folks had this. I didn't know that we had uh, this martial art, this fighting style. And then it turns out that it was like, uh, like also used as like a a tool of cultural resistance and like like literally liberated slaves like actually uh-huh. like people were enslaved and they weren't after Capoeira like big shit so as I always fuck with Tekken after that mm-hmm. like I still play that same character and um <laughs> then I got Kevin to Tekken and then he first he started playing and he's like, oh, okay this is cool and then he started beating my ass right Uh-oh. and I was so mad about it <laughs> and then I was pretty free though like you like this dude okay here's the thing. Certain people, like, are not tryhards, right? Like, certain people are just like, oh, that's a game. That's cool. I'll play the game. Oh, okay. You mean tryhard? Okay. I think yeah. I follow. Yeah. yeah. So, a tryhard is, like, an adjective, like a, like a mindset. Like, oh, I'm a tryhard. Like, it's a noun, actually. Yeah. 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 It's a freaking noun. So, like, uh, Kev is a tryhard. Like, he, mm. everything that he does, he does... That like that'll be all he does. Like when it was when he was drumming, he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna drum until my elbows fall off." Like, and then when it was time to write poems, he was just writing poems in his journal all day. Wow. When it came time to whoop my ass in Tekken, he just played Tekken. Like I don't know, like like just five, six hours, seven hours in a row, whatever, whatever it takes. Kevin, to what's beat it me. like to play Tekken with Nate? Oh, it's it's great. I always win. Tekken's <laughs> <laughs> hard. You yeah. know? Like I lose to everybody else, but not him though. <laughs> oh. How often do you guys get together and play games? Um, now. We're big we're grown now. Yeah. That's yeah. not not as much um as as we I mean like we used to play for ten hours straight. So it's oh. like like that was like I think like I think really games, it like Tekken especially like came like we started playing that both when we were like super sad in mm. in the house and so like we play for like ten hours straight yeah. so we wouldn't really have to talk about anything mm. and we could like just kind of focus together like as a way to like not think about 
mm. all the fuck shit that was happening yeah. at the time. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I wanted to talk about because I think, you know, friends, it's like, oh, we laugh and we have joy. But, like, friendships last through tough things. And you guys have been through some tough things together. When you were both living in that house and you were really sad, <laughs> what, what was that like to be there with your best friend? Like, that's not just a roommate. You're both in that experience. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, the den of sadness is what we dubbed it. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> oh, I it was like an everyday thing, yeah. and it was like not even a a, a spoken thing either. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think we I, like there would be days where like I'm not coming out of my room today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and and it was just like, and there was no, there was no like, hey Kev, why aren't you coming out of your room? <laughs> what are you doing? You know, it was just like, uh, that's what Kev's on today. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure that he eats. And then we're just going to, mm-hmm. you know, go from there. And I feel like that that's really, um, really kind of like how I view that time. It's like mm-hmm. it was always... And then we'd laugh a lot about it. Like we get, <laughs> we get like so sad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, and like there would be some times where we're just like, "What the fuck are we doing?" <laughs> like, yeah. and then and I feel like that also kind of helped us, you know, through. For me, it was like, yo, like I like have suicidal ideation at this mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. I think my best friend does too, and like I don't want to lose him. Yeah, and like I also don't want to like necessarily have him wake up and me not be there. Mm. Um, yeah, but then there was also like really funny shit. Like there was just owl that would just pop up. Like, yo, the sadness owl. <laughs> oh shit, I forgot about him. <laughs> the guy with the sadness owl. Yo, yo I would, like go to bed, and wake up. He's like, why am I crying? Was I crying in my sleep? <laughs> yo, and this the owl I was. Just, I was. It's oh, facts. No, it was crazy. And the owl would just be outside his window like hoo, 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 yeah yo hoo. for real there was uh, my bed was next to my window uh-huh. and i woke up one day and there was just like tears streaming down my face uh-huh. and i'm like what the fuck is this now and i look out the fucking window and there's just a snowy white owl wow. in the dead of winter and i'm like oh what's up nate there's a sadness owl you want to check this out, or it was funny because it wasn't like a one-time thing. Like no. it was like a, like the owl. Back? Yeah, the owl yeah. was like, "Yo, what's up?" <laughs> she was wild. Did she? Oh my gosh! Did she come when you? Was it just like all the time, or when? It was moments when you were sad. She really was there. That's some that's Game really of Thrones powerful. shit. Yo, it was. Yeah, like, <laughs> owls are pretty mystical creatures, right? Yeah, I don't know much real. about the mysticism of animals, but right. like an owl, that's not. That's I'm, not like a pigeon, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> like a savage pigeon. Exactly. <laughs> it's a different kind of bird. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, at that point, I was like so, like, there was a part of me that, that saw like a big significance in that. Uh-huh. And then there was another part of me that was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we got Santa cells now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... And I, but to your question about art, not that we made art together, yeah. but that we we that would was big yeah. poetry was huge. I think mm-hmm. that was like the actually the healing component. That's why we went so hard for poetry after we got out of that crib was mm-hmm. just because. And even Jasmine brought us to see uh, a tour called the Elephant Engine High Dive Revival. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Derek Derek Brown just like loves his titles, but yeah. but Derek wrote this poem that was like for Buddy. Yeah. His Buddy was going through like a some shit. Break. Yeah. yeah. And he's like talking about like he wanted to build this church for his friend, like, mm-hmm. and he was describing it in these like really like 
I don't know. It was like I'm in the audience and I was like literally crying. Yeah, I'm sitting next to Kevin mm-hmm. and like I'm like, bro, like that's like that shit is real, right? <laughs> yeah. And then um, I think that I, to me at least that's in my mind where the turning point was. So yeah. you know, I got shout outs to Jasmine for like dragging us out of the fucking house and buying us tickets because we sure didn't have no money for that well, shit. No, we didn't. So um, yeah, I think that was sort of like the one of those things that like pulled us out, right. and um, and even. Like and like gaming as a as a coping mechanism, I really believe yeah. in that. Like, yeah. I think that uh, interactive storytelling is one of like the coolest things that we have. <laughs> but so yeah, that was basically I think what kind of got us through. Yeah. It was just poetry, a lot of poetry, and a lot of alcohol. Lots of alcohol. Uh, yeah. Lots. <laughs> Yo. That was that was, it was basically rough for, it. for me for a minute. <laughs> Bro, Yo. you went hard. Yo, like, I did. Uh, and I think I guess well what I really want to say about him is like. He knows how to empathize with other people a lot. And so um, that helps me because there are times where I don't feel like talking and like I never have to talk with Kev. Like it's mm-hmm. like I know that we have this sort of like like picture of like male friendship and like under this, you know, patriarchy is like, oh dude, unga unga, like fucking <laughs> we don't have motions type of shit. Yeah. But I think this is different. This is like the total opposite of the spectrum. Like hello. Hella emotions, so much so that I know what you're feeling and going through that I don't even need to check you on it. Like, I just need to make sure that you're good. And, like, I already know. And I think that he's the same way with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, because you're my homie. Yeah. Uh-huh. my homie. So, the final thing we will do for the podcast is a little game I like to call Friend Facts. Oh, oh snaps. <laughs> don't get body. Yo. <laughs> I'm going <Okay>. hard. <laughs> Yo, yeah, we got to try hard over here. <laughs> okay. I only know one speed. It's it's (laughs) awful. Okay, so the way Friend Facts works is Mm. I'm going to ask you a question, and you're just going to blurt out gut instinct, which one of you is the answer to that question. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I'll say... Can we do a practice? (laughs) (laughs) Like, which one of you is taller? Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Uh Okay. Exactly, exactly. You got it. Thank you. All right. Okay. Um, Well, this might be a practice because we've kind of answered it. Who usually wins when you play video games? Kevin. Me. Okay, undisputed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Until next week, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't see me. Yeah. As of next now. Next week, yeah. Uh, who's the one who makes plans to hang out? Me. Nate. It's definitely Nate. Uh, you've mentioned that you've dabbled in music. Who's the better rapper? Me. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, defend yourself. Uh, so, uh, back when we lived in the den of sadness, it was awful. Uh, well, I mean, it was awful living there, but like, there was like, I don't know what the fuck happened, but he came home one day from like going to class and he was like, Hey, yo, Kev, it's Freestyle Fridays. Got your ass. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, okay, tight. I'm like, please leave me alone. And he's like, starts freestyle rapping poorly at me. Like. Following That's me subjective. around the house. <laughs> like, That's objective. I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm clearly not going to do anything in the living room. So I go to my bedroom. I close the door. He's outside of my door yes. rapping at me. I'm like, bro, stop. You're so terrible. I win. The dedication, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Who raps that much? Like, like the fire, the passion. Yo, the, the, the it you was know, no rhymes. There were zero rhymes. I was rhyming my ass. Yo, off. there were no rhymes. I was, I was in the bathroom. He starts following me to the bathroom. Starts rhyming poorly. Show must go on, bro. Yo. Show must go on. Yo, this went on for like two weeks. Like it's just like like 
every Wednesday, Friday, he just called it Freestyle Friday. <laughs> I think at the point, yeah. It was that, whenever the true. fuck he felt like just freestyle <laughs> rapping at me. <laughs> like, so, I'll add to that too, terrible. I also bars. used to, <laughs> I also used to, um, when I was courting women, sometimes I would opt to only text in rap lyrics. Oh, no. Uh, that yeah. was another thing yeah. that I used to do. Yeah. And then she was like, you really need to cut that out. Uh, I was like, I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. And that was the end of that relationship. Um, but I just, yeah, I just think that I sacrificed so much for the craft as, as you know, the record will show. Um, yeah. Clearly, I got, I got the W on this one. He, you know, after presented with all the facts, uh, thank you. Only because I've never tried rapping, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to him. I will okay. rescind my. Nate wins this me round. Vote. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's the first to lose their keys? Nate. Oh. <laughs> Yo, Nate straight loses everything <laughs> all the time, and that, but like. Here's the thing, though. He'll lose his shit, and then he'll be like, oh, I guess it's lost. <laughs> it's like, that's it. Not getting up at And I'm like, bro, did you look under your pillow? <laughs> I found him. It's like, I stay finding shit. There was, like, a good, like, five years where, like, you would lose shit, and I'd find it in, like, two seconds. And he'd be like, oh, great, you found it. And I'll be like, this motherfucker. <laughs> bro, I... <laughs> um, if you're traveling to a new city together, who do you want holding the phone with Google Maps? Probably me. I would say... Uh, I feel like I'm good at that, though. I think I'm good at that. But maybe not Oh, actually, day. I'm kind of trapped. Oh, no, like, you are. The last yeah. time, the last couple us, times. Yeah. So, what... So, guys lost? Hold up, hold up. Missing Pref turns? Preference. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. The last time, though, it's because we hadn't seen each other in a while. Okay. And so we're in a car, and we're driving to, like, a, a Mortal Kombat tournament. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm, like, you know, he's driving, and I'm on the phone. But we haven't seen each other, so we're, like, talking, like, mm -hmm. heavy. And I'm like, oh, uh, that was the turn. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, he 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 points out turns like like, like they're sightseeing events. <laughs> like, oh, look, there goes the turn. <laughs> yeah. On your right, right. there's where we should have gone. All right. Maybe, <laughs> yo. I will say, Kevin, you did get lost coming here. Yo, Body. All right. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yo. I don't know if I'm supposed to be an impartial judge, but uh, <laughs> listeners, you can decide. <laughs> <laughs> Who gets the party started? Me. Yeah. Uh, final question. Who's the better dancer? Oh, oh that's... we're both trash. Yeah. Not <laughs> 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 ass garbage. Uh, yeah, no, no one wants to dance with me. No. no like, all that. Oh, man, I'm probably going to sprain an ankle next time I try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before we stop recording, is there anything you want to plug? Anything that you want to promote or listeners of this podcast might want to know? It's okay if nothing, but I want to make sure I give you the platform. Um. Well, I don't know. It's really... In the works, OptimusComics.com uh, will be um, launching, uh, we'll see, soonish. And uh, basically, it's just going to be a hub. Like like it was stated before, I'm a comic book artist and writer, just, I guess, a comics creator. And I'm also really passionate about um, literacy. I work with young people. That's my day job. And just sort of like bringing, in uplifting, independent uh, creators of color and, um, you know, like getting those books into the hands of the people who maybe they're not super into like catching up on 70 years of Superman 
but like, and they're intimidated, but there's actually stories out here that are for them that will maybe possibly change their lives. And I want to be the catalyst for that. And that's going to be the the method. Cool. Optimistcomics.com. Mm-hmm. Dude, oh, I'm, I'm good. Optimus Com. I'm also working on that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so that's cool. another, yeah. So he's making the website. My oh. idea, website maker. Mm-hmm. So if you want yeah, to see the yeah. best friendship in action, go to the website soon. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I'm Camille Gallus, and I'm the host and producer of You and Me. Meredith Gallo is our associate producer. Special thanks to Lucia Whalen, who introduced me to Nate and Kevin. Give her podcast a listen. It's called Two Non-Geminis, and it's hilarious. Our theme music is by Kinsas Moreira. We all know friendship is better when you stay in touch, so follow You and Me on Instagram. Our handle is You and Me Pod, all spelled out.